this Uvila audio presentation of The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis. Volume 5, Continuation of Book 4. 18. How we must follow patiently Christ's example in bearing sufferings. Christ. My child, I came down from heaven for your salvation. I took your sorrows upon myself, not because I had to, but out of pure love, so that you might learn patience and accept without complaint all the troubles of the world. From the moment of my birth until my death on the cross, I had always to endure sufferings. I suffered the loss of all worldly goods. Many accusations were brought against me. When I was insulted and shamed, I accepted it gently. In return for blessing, I received ingratitude, for miracles, blasphemies, and for my teachings, rebukes. Disciple Lord, during your life you were patient, especially in fulfilling your Father's commands, so it is fitting that I, a miserable sinner, should patiently bear the burdens of this corruptible life, according to your will and for the salvation of my soul as long as it will be your will. For even though this present life is hard, by your grace it is made full of merit. By your example and the lives of your saints, it is made easier and happier for the weak. Its consolations are richer than under the old law, when the gates of heaven were shut and the path to it dark, so that few cared to enter the kingdom of heaven. And even those who in former days were righteous and to be saved could not enter the kingdom of heaven until your passion and atonement of your holy death had taken place. What endless gratitude is due to you for showing to me and to all faithful people the true and holy way to your everlasting kingdom. Your life is our way, and by holy persistence we will travel toward you, our crown and our encouragement. Lord, if you had not gone ahead of us and shown us the way, who could follow you? How many would have stayed behind, a long way back, if they did not have your great example as their guide? We are cold and careless, even though we have heard your teaching and your powerful acts. What would happen to us if we did not have your light as a guide? 19 on accepting injuries and the proof of patience. Christ My child, what is it you are saying? Stop complaining and reflect on my sufferings and those of my saints. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Your troubles are but small in comparison with those who have suffered so much, whose temptations were strong, whose trials were severe, and who were proved and tested in very many ways. Remember the much greater sufferings of others, so that you may more easily bear your own small troubles. If they do not seem small to you, your impatience may be the cause. And whether they are small or great, try to accept them patiently. The better you prepare yourself to accept suffering, the more wisely you will accept it, and the greater will be your merit. You will accept everything more easily if your heart and mind are properly prepared. 
Do not say, I cannot tolerate it from this person, nor will I put up with these things. A great injury has been done to me, and accusations made about things I have never considered. But I will gladly accept it from another person, as far as I regard it as something to be tolerated. Such thoughts are foolish, for if you think only of the person who has injured you and the wrongs you suffer, you ignore the benefits of patience and him who rewards it. You are not really patient if you only put up with what you think you should, and only from those you like. A really patient person does not consider those who test them, be they a superior or an equal or an inferior person, or a good and holy person, or a perverse and wicked one. But however great or frequent the trials that beset you, and from whatever source they come, gladly accept them as from the hand of God, and it is all gain. If you wish for victory, always be ready for battle. You cannot win the crown of patience without a struggle. If you refuse to suffer, you decline the crown. If you desire the crown, fight bravely and endure patiently. No rest is won without hard work. There can be no victory without a battle. Disciple Lord, that which is impossible to me by my nature, make possible to me by your grace. You know how little I can bear, and how quickly I become discouraged by small adversities? I pray you to make every test lovely and desirable for your name's sake. Suffering and pain for your sake are so beneficial to the health of my soul. 20. On Confessing Our Weakness and the Trials of Life Disciple Lord, I confess my sinfulness and acknowledge my weakness. Often it is a little thing which defeats and troubles me. I decide to act boldly, but when I am disturbed by a little temptation, I am in a tight corner. A very petty thing can lead to a strong temptation. And when I think I am safe, I am almost knocked over by a light breeze. Lord, look on my lowness and weakness, for you know everything. Have mercy on me and lift me up from the mire, so that I may not stick fast in it, nor stay defeated. Frequently, this is what defeats and beats me down before you, that I am liable to fall and am so weak in resisting my passions. And although I do not always totally give in to them, Yet their assaults trouble and distress me, so that I am tired of living constantly in conflict. My weakness is clear to me, for evil fantasies rush in more quickly than they depart. Most mighty God of Israel, zealous lover of souls, I ask you to remember the toil and grief of your servant, and to support me in all that I do. Strengthen me with heavenly courage, lest my old and wicked enemy, the flesh, which is not yet totally subject to the spirit, prevail and gain the upper hand. For while there is breath in me in this troublesome life, I must continually fight against it. What a sad life it is where trials and sorrows never end, and where all things are full of snares and enemies. For when one test or temptation departs, another takes its place. Even while the battle rages, other unnumbered and unexpected troubles arise. 
how can we love life when it holds such bitterness and produces so many sorrows and abuses? How then can it be called life, which spawns such a great amount of pain and death? Yet it is loved, and many find great delight in it. The world is often blamed for its falseness and vanity, but it is not easily given up. The desires of the body exert a strong control. Some things make us love the world. Other things make us hate it. All that panders to the appetites or entices the eyes and all the arrogance of life draws us to love the world and be tired of it. It is sad that a perverted idea of pleasure conquers the mind and surrenders to the world and enjoys lying among the brambles. It has neither seen nor tasted the sweetness of God and the inner joy of holiness. But those who perfectly despise the world and study to live under God's holy law know something of that heavenly sweetness promised to all who sincerely leave the world behind. They see very clearly how the world goes astray and how grievously it is deceived. 21. How we must rest in God above all his gifts. Disciple. O oh, my soul, rest always in the Lord above all things and in all things, for he is the everlasting rest of the saints. A prayer. Most dear and loving Jesus, let me rest in you above all created things, above health and beauty, above all glory and honor, above all power and grandeur, above all knowledge and skill, above all fame and praise, above all sweetness and consolation, above all hope and promise, above all merit and desire, above all the gifts and favors you can award and shower upon us, above all joy and celebration that the mind can conceive and know, above the angels and archangels and all the hosts of heaven, and above all things visible and invisible, and everything that is not yourself, O my God. O Lord my God, you transcend all things. You alone are most high, most mighty, most sufficient and complete, most sweet and comforting. You alone are most full of beauty and glory, in whom all good things in their perfection exist, both now and ever have been and ever will be. Therefore, everything that you can give me is too small and unsatisfying, except yourself, or that which you can reveal and promise me of yourself, unless I can see and fully possess you. For my heart cannot rest, nor be wholly content, until it rests in you, and rises above all your gifts and creatures. O Lord Jesus Christ, spouse of the soul, lover of purity and Lord of creation, who will give me wings of perfect liberty so that I may fly to you and be at rest? When shall I be set free and taste your sweetness? O Lord my God, when shall I become totally absorbed in you so that for love of you I may no longer be conscious of myself but only of you? 
in a way not known to many and beyond all perception and analysis. But now I mourn and carry my unhappy load with grief, for in this vale of sorrows many evils occur which frequently disturb, sadden, and darken my path. They often obstruct and distract, entice and entangle me, so that I cannot approach you freely, nor yet enjoy the sweet embrace which you prepare for the souls of the blessed. O oh, Jesus, brightness of eternal glory and comfort of the pilgrim soul, hear my cry and look on my total desolation. Words fail me in your presence. May my silence speak for me. How long will my Lord delay his coming? Lord, come to me, poor and small thing that I am, and bring me joy. Stretch out your hand and save me from all misery and pain. Come, Lord, come, for no day or hour is happy without you. Without you my table has no guest, for you alone are my joy. Sadness is my due, and I am like someone imprisoned and loaded with chains until you revive me with the light of your presence, and as my friend show your face. Let others look for whatever they may wish apart from you, but nothing can ever or will ever give me joy except you alone, my God, my hope, and my eternal salvation. I will not keep silent nor cease from urgent prayer until your grace returns and my heart leaps at the sound of your voice. Christ See, I am here. I have come at your call. Your tears and your soul's desire, your humiliation and penitence of heart have moved me to come to you. Disciple Lord, I have called for you and longed for you. I am ready to surrender everything for your sake, who first moved me to look for you. Blessed be your name, O Lord, for your goodness to your servant, according to the riches of your mercy. What more can your servant say, Lord? Ever mindful of my own wickedness and unworthiness, I can only humble myself completely in your presence. For among the wonders of earth and heaven, nothing can compare with you. All your works are good, your judgments are true, and by your providence you rule over everything. Praise and glory be to you, O wisdom of the Father. Let my soul, my lips, and all creation join in your blessing and your praise. 22. On Recalling God's Many Blessings Disciple Open my heart, O Lord, to understand your law, and teach me to live according to your commandments. Let me know your will, and let me devoutly reflect on all your many blessings, so that hereafter I may give to you proper and worthy thanks. I realize and confess I am utterly unable to give you proper gratitude, even for the smallest of the many blessings you give me, for I am less than the least of all your gifts. When I think of your endless generosity, I faint before its magnitude. Whatever powers of the soul or the body we possess, outwardly or inwardly, natural or supernatural, are your own gifts. They proclaim the richness of the loving 
and good God from whom we receive all good gifts. All your gifts are yours, whether they are many or few, and without you we have nothing. So those who have received endless gifts should not for that reason boast of any merits or exalt themselves above other human beings, nor despise those who are not so richly endowed. For the greater and better someone is, the less they will attribute to themselves, and the more humbly and devoutly give thanks to God. Those who hold themselves in humble esteem and consider themselves unworthy are more fit to receive God's greatest gifts. Someone who has not gained many gifts should not, for that reason, be disappointed or envious of those who have been given much. It is better if they turn to you and praise your goodness. For your gifts are given generously, freely, and willingly, without any respect of persons. All good things come from you, so you are to be praised in all things. You alone know what is fitting for each person to receive, and it is not for us to judge why one has less and another more. You alone can weigh the merits of each. O oh Lord God, I count it a great mercy not to have many of those gifts, which in the eyes of others seem to be praiseworthy and admirable. For those who recognize their own poverty and inferiority should not be sad, sorry, or dejected because of it. It is better that they should take comfort and be glad that you, O oh God, have chosen the poor, the humble, and despised in this world to be your own familiar friends and servants. Your apostles are themselves examples of this, and you made them princes of the whole earth. Yet they lived in this world without complaining, being so humble, simple, and without malice and deceit that they were glad to suffer reproaches for your name's sake, and they embraced readily what the world seeks to avoid. Nothing should give so much joy to anyone who loves you and receives your blessing as that they should see your holy will and good pleasure being fulfilled in them according to your eternal purpose. They should be so greatly comforted by and content with this that they would be gladly seen as the least of people, in the same way as some might wish to be seen as very great. They should be as peaceable and content in the end as in the beginning. They should be as willing to be anonymous, despised, and outcast with no reputation as to be honored and exalted among the famous. It is your will and the honor of your name that must come before everything else. This will bring greater comfort and richer pleasure than all other benefits that may have been or may be given. 23. On Four Things That Bring Peace Christ My child, I will now teach you the way of peace and true freedom. Disciple Lord, teach me, please, I am eager to learn. Christ My child, do the will of others rather than your own. Always choose to possess less rather than more. Always take the lowest place and see yourself as less than others. Desire and pray always that God's will may be perfectly fulfilled in you. Those who observe these rules will come to enjoy peace and calmness of soul.
disciple. Lord, the whole secret of perfection lies in these few words of yours. They are briefly put, but rich in meaning. If I could ever faithfully keep them, no trouble would distress me. For whenever I am anxious and weary, I find it is because I have strayed from your teaching. All things are in your power, and you always want to help bring souls to perfection. Give me your grace more fully. Help me to keep your word and move toward salvation. A Prayer Against Evil Thoughts My Lord and my God, do not abandon me. Remember my needs, for many evil thoughts and terrible fears disturb my mind and frighten my soul. How shall I pass through them unhurt? How shall I break their power over me? You have said to me, I will go before you and I will humble the proud. I will open the gates of the prison and reveal to you the hidden treasures and secrets of the ages. O oh Lord, do as you have promised and let your coming put to flight all evil thoughts. It is my hope and comfort that I can turn to you in all my troubles. Put my trust in you, call upon you in my heart, and patiently wait for your comfort. A Prayer for Enlightenment O merciful Jesus, send the brightness of your light into my mind and banish all darkness from the sanctuary of my heart. Hold back many perverse thoughts and crush the temptations that surround me so violently. May your strength be with me in the fight and overcome the seductive desires of the flesh which rage in me like evil beasts. Bring peace by your power and let your praises be sung in the temple of a pure heart. Command the winds and storm, subdue the fury of the seas and the blast of the north wind, and there will be great calm. Send out your light and your truth to shine over the world, for until your light illuminates my soul, I am just dull earth, formless and empty. Pour out your grace from above, and bathe my heart in the dew of heaven. Send fresh springs of devotion to water the face of the earth, and produce good and perfect fruit. Inspire my mind, now burdened by my sins, and fix my whole desire on heavenly things. Then, having once tasted the sweetness of everlasting joy, I may turn with disgust from all the passing pleasures of this world, Release me and set free my heart from all dependence on transitory consolation of evil things. None of them can offer true satisfaction or fulfill my desires. Unite me to yourself by the unbreakable bonds of love. You alone can satisfy the souls who love you, and without you, the world is worthless. 24 on avoiding curiosity about other people's lives. Christ My child, beware of curiosity and do not bother about empty matters. What are they to you? Follow me. What concern is it of yours if someone is good or evil or what anyone says or does? You will not be called to answer for others, but you will definitely have to give an account of your own life. Why meddle where you do not need to? 
I know the hearts of everyone, and nothing under the sun is hidden from my knowledge. I know everyone's lives, their thoughts, their desires, their intentions. So trust yourself totally to my care, and let your heart be at peace. Let those who are inquisitive trouble themselves as they like. Their words and deeds will recoil on their own heads, for no one can deceive me. Do not curry favor with powerful patrons or seek fame, nor even the special affection of friends. All these things are distractions and fill the heart with uncertainty. If you will be careful to watch for my coming and throw open the door of your heart, I will speak to you and reveal my secrets. Be ready. Watch and pray. Above all, be humble. 25. Unlasting Peace of Mind and True Progress Christ I have said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Everyone wants peace, but they do not all seek the things that bring real peace. My peace is with the humble and gentle of heart, and depends on great patience. If you listen to me and follow my words, you will find true peace. Disciple What must I do, Lord? Christ Pay attention to your whole life, what you say and do. Direct all your efforts to the one purpose of pleasing me. Seek and desire myself alone. Never pass rash judgments on the behavior of others. And when you have not been asked your opinion, do not interfere. If you do as I tell you, you will rarely be troubled in mind. But do not imagine that you can avoid anxiety in this life, or that you will never experience emotional sorrow or physical pain. For true peace is only to be found in the state of eternal rest. So when you happen to experience no trouble, do not think you have found true peace. Do not think all is well when no one opposes you, nor should you consider that everything is perfect when everything happens as you want. When you enjoy the grace of great devotion and sweetness, do not have a high opinion of yourself or believe you are God's favorite, for the true lover of holiness is not known by these things, nor is our spiritual progress dependent on such things. Disciple. Then on what does it depend, Lord? Christ. On the total surrender of your heart to the will of God, not seeking to have your own way, either in big or small matters, or in time, or eternity. If you will make this submission, you will thank God with equal gladness, both in good times and in bad. Then you will accept everything as from his hand with an untroubled mind. Be courageous and have such an unshakable faith that when spiritual consolation is withdrawn, you may prepare your heart for even greater trials. Do not think it is unjust that you suffer so much, but confess that I am righteous in all my dealings and so praise my holy name. In so doing, you will walk in the true and noble path of peace, and I will surely come to you again and give you great joy. 
Just think humbly of yourself, and I promise you the greatest peace that is possible in this life. 26. On the excellence of an independent mind and the reward of humbling prayer rather than reading. Disciple. Lord, those who desire perfection must first keep the mind fixed on heavenly things at all times. But so doing, they can pass through many troubles in a carefree way, not as those who lack the wisdom to realize the dangers around them, but in the strength of a free mind, unfettered by unnecessary attachment to worldly things. Most loving God, I ask you to protect me so I am not overcome by the cares of this life. Also, keep me from becoming a slave to my body's many needs, so that I do not become absorbed in his pleasures. Save me from all the pitfalls which afflict my soul, so that I may not be overcome or crushed by them. I do not ask to be protected from those things that vain and worldly people pursue with such ardor, but rather from those miseries that so heavily weigh down and impede the soul of your servant, who lies under the curse which is common to all mortals. It is these miseries that prevent my soul from entering into the true freedom of the Spirit whenever I want. My God, my ineffable delight, make all worldly pleasure bitter to me. It draws me away from the love of everlasting joy, and wickedly seduces me by promising the joys of the present. I pray that I may not be overpowered by flesh and blood. Do not let the world and its passing glory deceive me, nor let the devil and his cunning overthrow me. Give me strength to resist, patience to endure, and constancy to persevere. Give me the rich graces of your spirit rather than the pleasures of the world, and replace all worldly love with the love of your name. The soul of a fervent spirit resents giving attention to food, drink, clothing, and other bodily needs. Let me use these things in moderation and never be over-concerned about them. It is wrong to ignore them, for nature calls us to meet those needs, but the law of holiness forbids us to crave useless luxuries, for then the body rebels against the spirit. I ask that your hand may guide and rule me in all things, so that moderation may be my rule at all times. 27. How self-love is a great hindrance to the highest good. Christ. My child, you must give all for all and hold back nothing of yourself from me. Understand that self-love does you more harm than anything else in this world. All things take your heart prisoner to a greater or lesser degree, in proportion to the love and regard you give them. If your love is pure, simple, and controlled, you will not be a slave of these things. Do not long after things which are not rightly yours, and possess nothing that hinders your spiritual progress or robs you of inner freedom. It is strange you are not willing to trust yourself to me with all your heart, together with everything that you may desire or enjoy. Why wear yourself out with empty grief, 
Why impose needless anxieties on yourself? Trust in my kindness to you, and you will experience no loss. If you want this or that thing, or to be here or there in order to suit your wishes or convenience, you will never be at rest or free from worry. There will always be something that does not please you, and everywhere you will find someone who opposes your wishes. There is nothing to be gained by acquiring or increasing your possessions. Rather, it is better to be indifferent to such things. These harmful desires consist not only in a love of wealth, but also in an ambition for honors and empty praise. Remember that all these things fade away from the world. If we have no enthusiasm, it does not matter very much where we live and work, nor will we find lasting peace in outward affairs. Unless your life is built on firm foundations, and unless you stand firm in my strength, you will hardly be able to amend your life. So whenever it does occur, seize the opportunity for self-surrender. You will discover the secret in what you have so far tried to avoid. Indeed, you will find even more. A Prayer for a Pure Heart and Heavenly Wisdom Strengthen me, O Lord God, with the grace of your Holy Spirit. Give me inward strength and power, and empty my heart of all profitless concern and anxiety. Let me never be drawn away from you through desire for anything else, whether noble or unworthy. But help me to realize that all things are transitory, including myself. Nothing in this world is lasting and everything in this life is futile and disturbing to the spirit. It is the wise who know these truths. O Lord, give me heavenly wisdom, so that above all else I may learn to search for and discover you, to know and love you, to see all things as they really are, and as you and your wisdom have arranged them. May I wisely avoid those who flatter me, and deal gently with those who oppose me. Pure wisdom cannot be moved by every verbose argument, and pays no regard to the cunning flatteries of people. Only so shall we move forward steadily on the road which we have begun to tread. 28. Against Slanderous Talk Christ my child, do not mind if others think ill or say unpleasant things about you. Think of yourself as much worse than they imagine, and regard no one as weaker than yourself. If your inner life is strong, you will not pay much attention to trivial words. When attacked by evil, the wise stay silent. They turn their hearts to me and are untroubled by the judgments of others. Do not let your peace depend on what other people say about you. Whether they speak well or ill of you makes no difference to who you really are. True peace and joy is to be found in me alone. Those who are neither anxious to please nor afraid to displease enjoy real peace. All unrest of heart, distraction of mind, comes from distracted feelings and groundless fears. 29 how we should call on God in all trouble. Disciple. 
Praised be your holy name forever, O Lord. I know the temptation and trouble come upon me by your holy will. I cannot escape it, but have to come to you for help so that all may be turned to good. Lord, I am tormented and uneasy in my mind. My present troubles weigh heavily upon me. Most loving Father, what can I say? I am in a tight corner. Save me from this hour. Yet it is for your glory that I have been brought to this moment, so that I can learn that only you can save me from the depths of my humiliation. O oh Lord, save me by your goodness. For what can I do, helpless as I am, and where can I go without your help? Lord, grant me patience even in this trial. However hard-pressed I may be, help me, and I shall fear nothing. In my trouble, my prayer now will be, your will be done. I have totally deserved this trouble and must put up with it. Let me bear it with patience until the storm is past and better days return. I know that your almighty hand can remove even this trial from me and weaken the violence so that I am not totally crushed by it. My God and my mercy, you have done this for me many times in the past. O oh, Most High God, the harder it is for me, the easier it is for you to change my ways. 30. On asking for God's help and confidence in His saving grace. Christ. My child, I am the Lord who gives help in times of trouble. Come to me when the battle is hard for you. The greatest obstacle you have to receiving my heavenly comfort is your reluctance to pray. For when you ought urgently to seek me, you first turn to many other comforts and hope to save yourself by worldly means. It is only when these things have failed that you remember that I am the Savior of all who put their trust in me. Apart from me there can be no help, no good advice, and no lasting cure. But now, after the storm, with a renewed spirit, gather fresh strength and light through my mercies. For I am near at hand and will restore all things, not only completely, but generously overflowing with extra graces. Is anything too hard for me? Am I like someone who lets you down? Where is your faith? Stand firm and persevere. Be confident and courageous, and help will arrive for you in due time. Wait patiently for me, and I will come and heal you myself. Temptation is to test you. There is no reason for fear or anxiety. If you worry about the future, sorrow upon sorrow will be the result. Each day has troubles enough of its own. It is silly and useless to be either anxious or pleased about the future, for whatever you anticipate may never happen. The human mind is prone to delusions, but it is a sign of spiritual weakness to be deceived by the propositions of the devil. Satan does not care whether it's through truth or falsehood that he mocks and deceives you, or whether he attains your downfall through the love of the present or fear of the future. So set your troubled heart at rest and banish your fears. 
Trust in me and put your whole confidence in my mercy. It is when you think I am far away from you that I am nearest to you. And when the battle looks to be lost, then the reward for all your work is often close at hand. When things turn out contrary to your plans, that does not mean that all is lost. So do not allow your temporary feelings to obscure your judgment. Do not give in to depression, as if all hope of recovery was lost. Do not imagine that you are totally forsaken, if for some time I have allowed some trial to test you, or withdrawn the consolation that you desire, for this is the way to the kingdom of heaven. Be assured, it is better for you and for all my servants to struggle against difficulties than to have everything you want. I know your secret thoughts, and it is necessary for your salvation that you should sometimes be deprived of spiritual joys, lest you become conceited in your smug state and complacently imagine you are better than you are. What I have given, I can take away and give back when I choose. When I grant great comfort, it is still mine. When I take it away, I am not taking away anything that is yours. For every good gift and every perfect gift is mine alone. If I send you trouble and affliction, do not be indignant or downhearted. For I can quickly help you and turn all your sorrow to joy. Nevertheless, I keep my own counsel, and in all my dealings with you, give me due praise. If you are wise and have right judgment, you will never despair or be discouraged. On the contrary, if I scourge you with trouble and do not spare you, be glad and be grateful, and regard it as a cause for joy. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, were my words to my beloved disciples, whom I did not send out to enjoy the pleasures of the world, but to fight hard battles not to win honors, but contempt, not to be idle, but to work hard, not to rest, but to bring forth much fruit with much patience. My child, remember these words. 31. On neglecting all creatures to find the Creator. Disciple. Lord, if I am to reach the state where no creature can impede my progress, I am in very great need of your most abundant grace. For as long as anything restrains me, I cannot come freely to you. Someone who desired to fly to you freely said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove! I would fly away and be at rest. And who is more perfectly at rest than the person who is single-minded? The most free person is the one who desires nothing from this earth. Captivated by the Spirit, we can rise above all created things and leave self behind. We can see clearly that nothing in creation compares to the Creator, but we cannot freely turn to the things of God unless we are freed from dependence on creatures. That is why there are so few contemplatives for there are few who can release themselves totally from passing things. A soul needs great grace to be lifted up and carried beyond itself. 
And unless a soul is raised up, set free from all attachment to earthly things, and wholly united to God, neither knowledge nor possessions are of much value. As long as anything is esteemed as more precious than the one infinite and eternal good, we remain mean, earthbound spirits. For whatever is not God is nothing, and is counted as nothing. There is a great difference between the wisdom of a devout person, enlightened by God, and the knowledge of a learned and studious scholar. The learning influenced by divine grace is far more noble than that painfully acquired by human endeavor. Many people desire the grace of contemplation, but few take the trouble to practice what is essential to it. It is a great obstacle if we rely on external signs and the experience of the senses, and pay little regard to the perfecting of self-discipline. I hardly know what it is, what spirit moves us, or what our purpose may be when we, who wish to be considered spiritual, take so much trouble and are so concerned with trivial daily affairs, and so seldom give our full and earnest attention to our interior life. It is sad that after a short meditation we break off and take no strict examination of our lives. We do not reflect on where our affections really lie, nor are we grieved at the sinfulness of our whole life. Yet it was because of human wickedness that the flood came upon the earth. When our interior desires are corrupted, the actions that spring from them are also defiled. And this is a sign of our lack of interior strength, for it is from a pure heart alone that the fruits of a holy life emerge. A person's achievements are often discussed, but rarely the principles upon which such a life is based. We inquire whether someone is brave, handsome, rich, clever, a skilled writer, a fine singer, or a hard worker. But we seldom consider whether someone is humble-minded, patient and gentle, devout and spiritual. Nature looks at our outward characteristics. Grace considers our inner disposition. While nature is often misled, Grace trusts in God and cannot be deceived. 32. On self-denial and giving up our own desires. Christ. My child, the only way to perfect liberty is total self-denial. Those who are obsessed by self-interest and self-love are slaves of their own desires. They are greedy inquisitive and discontented they indulge themselves in pleasures but never in the service of jesus christ their whole interest lies in passing affairs but everything that is not of god will perish totally keep this simple advice for perfection leave all and you shall find all renounce desire and you will find peace Give this proper thought, and when you have put it into practice, you will understand all things. Disciple 
Lord, this is not the work of a single day and no easy matter. These few words contain the whole path of spiritual perfection. Christ My child, do not be discouraged or diverted from your purpose of learning this way of perfection. Rather, let it spur you on to higher things, and at least to set your heart on them. If only you would do this and attain that state where you stop being a lover of self and stand ready to do my will and his whom I have appointed as your father, you will greatly please me. Then your whole life would be filled with joy and peace. You still have many things to renounce, and unless you surrender them to me without reserve, you cannot obtain what you ask of me. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in fire, so that you may be rich in that heavenly wisdom which rejects all worthless things. Despise the wisdom of the world and every temptation to please yourself or others. I have said, exchange what others consider desirable and honorable for that which they hold in low esteem. For true divine wisdom, having no exalted opinion of itself, seeks no recognition from the world. It is almost disregarded by others and seems to them to be useless and of no importance. Many pay lip service, but it does not affect any part of their lives. Yet this is the precious pearl that remains hidden from many. 33. On a wayward heart and directing all we do to God. Christ. My child, do not trust your emotions, for they are changeable and wayward. In all your life you are subject to change, even against your own inclinations. At one time you are cheerful, at another sad, now peaceful, and then troubled. Now full of devotion, now wholly lacking in it. Now zealous, and now lazy. Now serious, and now happy. But wise people, who are well-versed in spiritual matters, stand above these changing emotions. They pay little attention to passing feelings and whims, but direct all intellectual powers toward a right and true end. So, having fixed their gaze and kept their intention constantly on me, they can remain single-minded and unshaken in all situations. The more single-minded a person is, the more steadily they will pass through all the storms of life. But for many people this one purpose becomes obscured, for they easily pay attention to any pleasant thing which comes their way. It is very rare to find anyone who is totally free from the sin of self-interest. So the Jews once came out to Martha and Mary at Bethany, not only for Jesus' sake, but to see Lazarus. So make your intention pure and single and upright, so that it may be directed to me alone without any obstacles. 34. God above all things and in everything is the delight of those who love him. Disciple. My God and my all, what more can I possess? What greater joy can I desire? Words of sweetness and joy to 
all who love the word better than the world and its riches. My God and my all, to the wise these words will be sufficient. Those who love you will enjoy repeating them again and again. When you are present, all is joy. When you are absent, all is gloom. You bring rest to the heart, true peace and true happiness. You lead us to think well of all and to praise you in all. For nothing can give us lasting joy without you. But if it is to be enjoyable and to our taste, it must contain your grace and be seasoned with your wisdom. Whoever knows your joys will find joy in all things, but whoever knows nothing of your joys will find no joy in anything. Those who are worldly wise and sensually minded lack your wisdom, for a great deal of vanity lurks in the world and death in the flesh. Truly wise are those who follow you in despising worldly things and suppressing their bodily desires. They abandon illusion for the truth. They forsake the flesh for the spirit. They rejoice in God alone, and whatever good they discover in creatures, they ascribe wholly to the glory of their Maker. But what a great difference there is between the enjoyment of His creation, between eternal things and temporal things, between uncreated light and created light. A Prayer for Light O light everlasting, surpassing all created light, pour out from heaven the glorious rays of your light, pierce the very depths of my heart, purify, cheer, enlighten, and enthuse the powers of my spirit, so that it may cling to you with unspeakable joy. O when will that blessed and longed-for time come? When will you fill me with your presence and be all in all to me? I can know no fullness of joy until you grant me this. Alas, my lower nature is still strong within me. It is not yet crucified, nor totally dead. It still fights strongly against the spirit, stirs up conflicts inside me, and will not allow the kingdom of the soul to stay at peace. O Christ, ruler of the power of the sea and calmer of its raging waves, come near and help me. Disperse the nations who delight in war, and overwhelm them through your strength. Reveal your mighty power, I pray. Show yourself glorious in might. O Lord my God, my only hope and refuge lies in you. Book 4 will be continued in the next volume.